So, thank you all so much for coming. This is the last. This is the last of, uh, of our four shirim. Uh, really, karsatov uh, to the people that uh, came to learn. And karsatov uh, to Camp Hask for um, allowing, uh, allowing this to happen. And um, somebody asked if this was... Uh, they missed the other ones, if it was okay to come to this. And the answer is absolutely, totally self-contained. This week we're talking about... Uh, very special, I would call it a, a Shoshelis, but really the Shoshelis, the chain of the family really centers around one, one great immense tzaddik, and that's the uh, Kashnitzer Magid. That's Rav Yisrael ben Shabtai, Magid of Kashnitz. And uh, we'll just go through, uh, for the first five, six minutes or so, we'll go through the Shoshelis, talk about the history of the family a little bit, and then really get into it with the Torah, because more than anything else, the, the idea that came to me in preparing and part of what I've been trying to do, probably failing also, uh, it, part of what I've been trying to do, at least in my own learning for these shirim, is what's the miyuchadus? What's the special aspect that uh, that these tzaddikim particularly have to bring in? What was the special aspect of uh huh? What's the special aspect of Kamarna? What's the special aspect of Biala? What's the special aspect of Radomsk uh, that we've done so far? And 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 how do they express uh, Torah Sabal Shemtov and the way of the Bal Shemtov? How do they express them in their own unique way? And uh, to take a look at Kajnitz. So Kajnitz, I would say just at the outset, um, this comes with the caveat that I there's so much more to see. The Kajnitz wrote a ton. Uh, in every area of Torah, um, somebody had already mentioned to me, and, and they're absolutely correct, that Kajnitz is very uh, deeply steeped in uh, the Kabbalah of the Ari, and uh, the language that he uses often is the language of the Kabbalah of the Ari. Now, for somebody like a layperson like myself, it's very opaque, and uh, it's hard to, to sort of parse exactly what he's trying to say and what the tzaddik is getting at, but if you do push at, at the Torah of Kajnitz, if you do make your way into it, uh, it reveals niflos. And I think the, the special aspect of it, and we're talking now, we've gone a little bit earlier up the chain towards the Besht. We're already now basically like the third generation of Hasidus, Baal Shem Tov, Rav Dov Vermagin of Mezrich. And then the, the Kajnitzer is, is essentially a contemporary of Rabbi Yomelech Milizhansk. His, his really, his, his friends and his chavrusas, you know, he had a close friendship with Rav Levi Yitzhak He had a close friendship with Rav Zusha, uh, the brother of Rabbi Melech, and Rabbi Melech even saw in him a uh, sort of contemporary, and uh, and and they they exchanged uh, they exchanged words almost as tamidei chaverim. Uh, so we find somebody really contemporaneous with the third generation of Hasidus. So we're very very close to the light of the Baal Shem Tov, uh, even though it does uh, continue on for many generations. Another important Rebbe of the Kashnitzers, Roshmul Shmelk of Nicholsburg, and uh, and and these lights, these are already rarefied lights. People that themselves. Uh, took from other areas, uh, not just the Baal Shem Tov, and, and a lot of that is expressed in the Kajn Sermagid. And it's said that Hasidus really came to Poland proper, Derech uh, Tut Tzadikim. The Tut Tzadikim come from the, the, are the Chose, the Chose and his, and the incredible amount of Tzadikim and students that he gathered around in the Chose was immensely charismatic and immense drawn, a magnetic personality. And then after the, after the Chose, you could really say that, uh, that the Kajnitzer Magid is up there and innovating. How do we transmit the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov? How do we say the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov to, uh, to the masses? How do we take this light that's been revealed to the world and, and, uh, and be mafits it forward? And, and the Kajnitzer, by being so steeped in the Kabbalah of the Ari, and in really all the Kabbalah as well. The Kajnitzer, for example, wrote Sfarim on the most obscure Sifre Kabbalah. For example, the Kajnitzer wrote an entire Sefer uh, on, um, uh, I think it's called Raza, the, uh, 
Yisrael Raza, he wrote an entire sefer that focused on Sefer HaTemuna, which is like a very obscure Kabbalistic sefer. He has a sefer on Tikkuni Zohar. He's a sefer perish on the Zohar itself. By being so steeped in, in Kabbalah, what he was actually doing, I think, was uh, an or choser of what the Baal Shem Tov himself did. And I'll explain what I mean. The Baal Shem Tov is said, and this we saw in the first Shirem and Kamarna, but the, the Kamarna Rebbe said that the Baal Shem Tov took the Kabbalah of Dari and translated it in, into action, translated to something that the ordinary person would be able to say, here, I'm living my life and I'm being Mekai Mitzvah and I'm, I'm learning Torah and, and I'm functioning in the world guided by the light of the Arizal. The words of the Arizal have been psychologized, they've been translated, but they retain, they retain the pshat. It's, it's pshat in Divrei Ha'ari. And, and we find that the Kashantzer is doing the same thing. The Kashantzer, by being so steeped in the Kabbalah, by being so steeped in the words of, of the Mekubalim, and then also having the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov and the development of Hasidus in his generation. So the Mizuk, the intermixing of all those things, allows him to express Torah. That is, that, that its profundity is really unmatched. Matched, I think, in, uh, at least uh, in his generation and subsequent generations of Hasidus, what, what the Kajnitzer did by taking things that were so high and then being able to bring them down low and being able to bring them, and when, when I mean down low, I mean really down low. He, he gets deep in the psychology of the sinner, deep in the psychology of doubt, deep in the psychology of a person struggling with Avodah Hashem and Amuna, and the average person being able to see what their struggles in Avodah Hashem are. And by being able to do that, the Kajnitzer really is, is, is recapitulating or reiterating exactly what the Baal Shem Tov did and, and I would just add on one other Nikuda uh, is that the Baal Shem Tov uh, who, who I had supposed to talk about in, in Shul this past year Baal Shem Tov is we have Ma'at Ma'od that's been written from the hand of the Baal Shem Tov Baal Shem Tov is a teacher Baal Shem Tov was transmitting things to his students and to the people around him and to the masses that were in the Carpathian Mountains and amongst his travels in Meshbush. the Baal Shem Tov did not write much at all I mean, we have very, very little from him. Maybe a Kamiya here, and uh, I think now we have a manuscript they revealed uh, his Siddur and the comments that he wrote in his Siddur. The Kajnitzer is like a ticken of that. The Kajnitzer is like, imagine if the Baal Shem Tov would write constantly. This is what it would look like, and this is, this is what we would have. This would be the Morasha. This would be the essence of the Baal Shem Tov's Torah. So what's the Shoshelis? The Shoshelis starts with the Magid, and the Magid has, uh, he has two daughters, and he has a son. We'll start with, the, we'll start with his daughter, Maras Peril Shapira, Maras Per Shapira wore talis and tzitzis. She would accept kvitlach. Her, great, her grandfather, Rav Melech Milajan, said that she had the shechina that was shora upon her at all times. Uh, she was no hegyas, like an admor, like a, like a tzaddik lechol davar. And, uh, and you'll see her, the, the, her children and grandchildren express the, the chinuch uh, that comes in a house like that. She marries Rabbi Aviaz Rezelik Shapira, uh, who dies in 1837. And uh, their son is Rechaimir Shapira on the right Right side of the Elon right now, Rav Chaimir Yechiel Shapira is the Sarif Mimog Lenitza. Uh, the Sarif Mimog Lenitza was said to be. I, I'm struggling with it. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Moglenitsa, right? So, so the, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it sounds good. The, the Sarafi Moglenitsa was seen as, as, a, as a, there's other figures along with him, like Ravdovber of Radishitz. The people said that these were also charismatic personalities that emulated what the Baal Shem Tov was trying to communicate. Uh, in fact, the Shoshalas of Kadshnitz was probably Maras Peril thought that the Shoshalas would come through her. And, and her children, and that it would develop. But, but, and many Hasidim, after the, after 
the Kashinser died, many Hasidim went to the Saraf. Uh, the Saraf married Maris Gittel, and she was also a great granddaughter of Rabbi Melech Milajens, so the families are very, very tied in. The name Ali Melech comes to their, to their child. Their child is Rabbi Melech Shapira, the Admor Migrzinsk. The Admor Migrzinsk, even though we don't hear about Hasidus Grzinsk nowadays, there were tens of, th- there were thousands. I think they talk about 10,000 people that would gather with them, thousands of Hasidim before the war. And he had in his, se- in his Zivuk Sheni, in his second marriage, he had two sons, one of whom you for sure have heard about. The first son is Rav Kolonimus Kalmus Shapira, who is the Balish Kodesh. So the Balish Kodesh is also, you know, I was just talking to friends today, the current, the current Kajnitz Rebbe, I believe that his great great uncle was the Ish, not, no one less than nothing less than the Ish Kodesh. I mean, think about it. We have people alive today that that are related to the Ish Kodesh. It's an unbelievable thing. It makes you just stop and and, and think about what these families are. The other son is Rav Yishayahu Shapira, who had left early. He was known as the Admar Hachalutz. He became. Davuk to Rav Kook and the teachings of Rav Kook. There's a beautiful little sefer that I was given. Anybody from Akotel here? Anybody? Uh, Rav Aviad Sanders. Do you know Rav Aviad? Maybe he left before you on Shlichas. So there was an Israeli uh, Avreich that for all the Americans there was like a group of us that he's like, you're making a mistake going back. You know, Israelis, you know, guilt you into that. You're making a mistake going back to America. Probably right. And he gave us this book, Eretz Chefetz, in my copy. He says, read this and then uh, like sort of take two and call me in the morning. Read this and then call me when you're coming back. And he's—it's a likut of all the of all the areas in Rav uh, in Rav Kook's Torah. Rav Kook is maflik in the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. He was called Admar Achalutz. He died unfortunately young in 1945. One moment, and then his brother was was the Ish Kodesh. The Ish Kodesh, of course, was killed in the uh, was killed in the Warsaw Ghetto or Maidanik, uh, and uh, his kfura, his kfura, his makan kfura is not known. Hi. Which one of the sons uh, led the so, so the Grzynsker Hasidim, it's, it's actually a fascinating thing. I don't mean to give, uh, we could spend the whole shir on this. What actually happened is there was a grandson from the Zivik Rishon. The, Rav Kolonimus Kalmish and his, and his brother, uh, they were about, I think, like three and four years old. One moment, they were like three and four years old when their father died, when Rav Melech Grzynsker died. And uh, there was a grandson, another Shapiro that was going to be uh, the Admor, and, uh, and the community split a little bit. Some people went along with Eish Kodesh, who really did, saw himself as an educator more than anything else. We had the opportunity to talk about Eish Kodesh. I got to speak about Eish Kodesh uh, on Tishavav, and just to introduce him to people who may not have heard, and, and, and all the requests afterwards, where do we get this? Where do we find this? Where, what's in English? Tell us. And Bar Hashem, uh, there is. There's so much in English. We have beautiful translations. Nechemya Polen, a great scholar, has done unbelievable work on the Eish Kodesh. Now in our Yisrael, somebody went ahead and has a two-volume work on the on Drashosh Mishno Sazam. You guys are aware that when we call the Piazetzner the Eish Kodesh is actually a much later thing, right? Eish Kodesh was really the name given by the Hasidim in Eretz Yisrael that decided to reprint the Sefer. What the title given by the Eish Kodesh himself was Drashosh Mishno Sazam, uh, Torah from the years of wrath. So, uh, so a scholar in, uh, in Eretz Yisrael, I forgot his name already, has published two volumes Daniel, off... I, I don't remember the name. Uh, I do know that he worked closely uh, with, uh, with Professor Henry Abramson, Dean of Turo, who also in, uh, highly, highly recommended. Uh, he wrote a book that he set the Ish Kodesh in its historical context 
based on the journals kept, the people in the, in the ghetto kept meticulous journals. Adam Chernikovsky, who was the head of the Judenrat, who eventually killed himself, uh, kept meticulous journals. What Abramson did was he, he went ahead and he showed, like, okay, when, when, when the Eish goes silent, you know, like an Eish Kodesh goes silent for a bunch of weeks, he's like, well, this was actually after his wife and son died. Right? That's like, uh, that's, right? You could th- I, I don't want to be, we're, we're, we're Shabbos Nachamu is upon us. I don't want to be uh, deep in Eish Kodesh, but this is, but this is, um, this is the family we're talking about. On the other side, on the other side is uh, the son, the only son of the Kajan Sermagid on the top left is Rav Moshe El Yakim Vriya. And, uh, and he is the, he's an amazing figure we'll talk about in a second. He married Maras Bela. Also, believe it or not, a granddaughter of Rabbi Melech Milajan. So the families are very, are very tied together. If you look at the bottom right corner, you guys see that block of text over there. Just to give you, we're not talking about uh, the Balber Moshe, but listen to this, what a tzaddik he was. But, uh, this comes from the Sefer uh, uh, of Toldos Beis Kajnitz, which appears, is printed in Sefer Zikaron for Kills Kajnitz. And I'd be remiss if not to mention my friend Isaac Lebwal, whose family comes from Kajnitz. He actually showed me in, in the in the Sefer Zikaro, many you guys should find if you if your family comes from Europe. I just figured out a way to order the two volume set from where my family comes from, from Chust, Shtetl in uh, Shtetl in Hungary, and check in the Carpathian Mountains. Many of the kehillas that were destroyed, the survivors went ahead and they put together all the information. You could find family members. You could find all kinds of mundane what the taxes looked like. Um, so in in there they have an essay on the tzaddikim of Kajnitz, and they say So my friend Isaac Lebo is really responsible for so much here uh, and, and he, showed me, he showed me stuff that I would have never seen uh, especially because the, uh, the English book of, the, of Zikaron for Kilis Kajnitz is out of print at least I couldn't find it and I can't read Yiddish so I'm at a loss but, he, but his essays in Hebrew he says he was hidden he, did not, he kept himself very much on the sidelines while his father the Kajnitz was alive Nobody knew what he was about. After his father, the Magid died. They want to employ him as like a regular laborer, a uh, person involved in the laundry. However, his father's friend, the Chose, got himself involved, and the Chose's word what stood. That was the law in Polish Hasidus. The Chose said, he should, he should be the Admor after his father. He should continue after his father died. He was the Admor for 13 years. Right? Look at this. He, nobody knew what he was. People were, were unsure, apparently. Was he raw or even? Was he fit to even serve in the place of his father? Little did they know that he had authored eight Sfarim that were only printed 50 years after he passed away. An immense tzaddik and apparently an even bigger immense balanava. I mean, that's an incredible thing. I skipped you had a question. I'm so uh, sorry. Uh, you just said, uh, of course, was mafbeg on Kedusha's Eisitzel. Like, you mean he like, argued with other people? Or do you mean he, like, what do you mean? I don't understand. Like, you said, of course, was mafbeg on Kedusha's Eisitzel. Yeah. Like, he was like... Uh, is it, he, was, he was saying that it is all like has a lot like Kedushi was like a what, what I mean is that there's everybody, to, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find a tzaddik that doesn't talk about the Kedushavites. So what I mean is that there are areas in Rav Kook's writings where Rav Kook talks about the Kedushavites as well as it's tied into the Jewish people. I'll give an example. Uh, in Shemona Kavatsim, I don't know if it's printed anywhere, in Shemona Kavatsim, Rav Kook talks 
about the fact that every human being, every, uh, every group of people, every nation has a particular mizog. They have a particular physical attunement to, to a certain land. Rav Cook writes, uh, he writes and he, he goes into poetry as he's wont to do, as the tzaddik does. And Rav Cook talks about the crags, he talks about the soil, he talks about the air and the different climes that are in Eretz Yisrael. And Rav Cook says that Karsh said it, you know, like you could go to the Negev and it could be like scorching hot desert. And then in the same day, you can make your way up to the Banyas. Or you can make your way up to like, to, to, you can make your way up to the Galil. And it's, and it's lush and verdant and, and filled with the, and then you have the mountains. All of the Yushalayim, all of this, Rav Kook says, is actually a, a divine gift. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a land that's, that's like a, an aquarium for the Jewish soul. It's like specifically that kind of stuff. Rav Kook would speak about Eretz Yisrael in such ways. So what the Admar Chalitz did in Eretz Chefetz is that he collected all these things. He was malachit them and he put them in a safer for people to read that just spoke about it. Rav Kook doesn't speak about Eretz Yisrael all the time, but when he does... It's collected in a book called Eretz Chefetz, and, and it tells the Shvachea Shel Eretz Yisrael. Right, just like we talk about the, the Shivchan Shel Tzadikim, which is the point of the Shirim, really, to talk and to praise Tzadikim, and to understand, you know, these are people that we hold on to as we try and connect to Kaddish Baruch Hu, uh, whether or not they're with us, whether or not they're in this world, and, and the conversation today that I had with somebody, there are, it's just a little bit harder to find, and it's a little bit more difficult, there's a lot more mechitzos that separate us from Tzadikim, but when we connect to Tzadikim, this is partially, this is connecting to Kaddish so, so that's that's what I mean. So, talking about Eretz Yisrael, that's Kuk does as well. Anyway, so that's the son of Moshe Yakim Vri. He marries Maris Bela. They have a son of Eliezer Hopstein, who's the 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 third Admir, well, really the fourth Admir Kajnitz. He has a son of Yechiel Yaakov Hopstein, and uh, he was only Admir for about four years. He died very very young at the age of twenty, and then his son, continuing to the bottom of Yerachmiel Moshe Hopstein, he had a daughter Maris Chaya Rachel Miriam, who married the. Kodesh, and he had Rav Asher Ali Melech, who died in 1936, complications of an operation in Paris. There are actually pictures of his, uh, there's pictures of his funeral, of all the Hasidim, Kashnitz was massive. And then there's Rav Aaron Yechiel. Rav Aaron Yechiel, uh, my, my friend told me that, uh, that the current, uh, uh, one of the current Biala Rebbe that we talked about finds, uh, said that he, that he finds his soul very tied in with him. Rav Aaron Yechiel, just a, a word about him, apparently he eschewed the regular Admaras and he, and he bedafti, like he kicked away anybody that was like too malumad, too learned, or too steeped in, uh, in Hasidus, and he, and he gathered amongst him, he gathered around him people that were like the broken, the people that were, that had difficulty in Avodah Hashem, even in those days, you know, people that were, that were a little bit uh, maybe what we would say, uh, off the derech, whatever. That's the people, the Hasidim, that he surrounded himself with specifically. Of course, uh, the unfair way of these things are, he was killed by the Nazis, and then the last son of Yisrael Yezer. Yisrael Yezer had a daughter. His daughter is Batsion Malka Sternberg, who, uh, who lived, or uh, Adam alive? She is still alive? Kutchinser's mother? No, she passed away very recently, I think. Right? She, she lived in the city, and her son, Rav Shimon Moshe Sternberg, is the Admir of Kajnitz nowadays, is a tzaddik. I've had the opportunity to meet him. I've had the opportunity to sit at his shulchan uh, as he's done a shalashudis. It's an amazing thing, and, and he carries with him, he carries with him holy blood, he carries with him the blood of the Kajnitzer Magid, and, uh, and he's, he's an amazing individual as well. Their chatzar is in Tel Aviv. He has a base magic in B'nai Brak, and also the Kajnitzer Shtibel on the Upper West Side, uh, but he's, a, he's an unbelievable personality, I believe. He speaks English perfectly, uh, and he's uh, he's an amazing, amazing person who carries the name of Kajnitz nowadays. 
He went to Manhattan. Is that true? Okay, so that, that, that makes me feel this bitch. That makes me... <laughs> Anyways, let's turn the page. So that's a little bit of the history. That's a little bit of the history of Kushnitz. Uh, I, would just, I would just mention that uh, even though uh, we're not sure whether or not the Kushnitz are interacted, interact with the Baal Shem Tov, but the, the legend is that he's called in the name of the Baal Shem Tov, that Yisrael Baal Shem Tov and Yisrael Magad of Kushnitz. So let's just take a few seconds to look at these uh, pictures a little bit. So on the top left... That is the cup of the Magid. Uh, the cup of the Magid was taken out at special occasions. Uh, my friend said it looks like a keg. It looks like a barrel a little bit. That's the cup of the Magid. It's being held by uh, the current Kajan Sarebi's son at his bar mitzvah. Uh, so it's an amazing artifact. On the top right is, uh, came out, uh, I even uh, had, the, had, a, had our office print this in color, but... Uh, Apparently, it didn't come out in such high resolution, but that's the Rebbe lighting the menorah of the, of the Kajnitzer Magid. So we still have the Kajnitzer's menorah, which appears on the bottom left as well. So that's the menorah of the Kajnitzer. Uh, on the bottom right is uh, purported to be uh, a picture of the Kajnitzer uh, giving a brach, apparently, to a child and with people in his room. And right on top of that is the Avodas Yisrael first printing in Yosef in Tav Reish Base. So that is the first... Uh, that is, and then, and if you look at the picture right next to that, that's Tillam with the Ksav Yad of the Kajnitzer. So it's just, uh, it's, uh, it's valuable. I would say it's important to take a look at uh, the, the Kisve Yad of Tzadikim, not just the pictures of Tzadikim, to see how they wrote. I remember... Uh, I remember I went, uh, had a friend, am I allowed to say Camp Simcha here? Uh, we had a gathering from Camp Simcha. We had a gathering. <laughs> we had a gathering uh, in, uh, for Camp Simcha in Yerushalayim one year after, uh, after the summer. And uh, one of the counselors, his family had a house in Shari Chesed. And uh, his father, I guess, was a big, uh, a big uh, macher. And uh, instead of photographs on the walls of this house, I've never seen anything like this, they had Kisveyad. And the way that they had Kisveyad, the way that it's, it's, printed out there is that it's like a, a frame and then you can bring it out because you want to see both sides of it. So they had Xavier Riviki Vager. Right? You got to see Riviki Vager's hand touch this. Right? So you look at that, that's a uh it's not like a talismanic thing. It's like you look at a tzaddik. Rabbi Kivager's hand went over this piece of paper. We took our students a few years ago. Uh, there was an exhibit of the Bodleian Library from Oxford, and they did. They had an exhibit of their Judaica, the Jewish Museum in Manhattan. We got to see a Mishnah Torah, Mishnah Torah, and the Ksav Yad of the Rambam. And we saw an area, as somebody who was a bigger Talmud Chachalmi pointed out that this is an area where the Rambam had crossed out something in his original manuscript and added in a different word. And we know that every word that the Rambam writes is, is shakal. He weighs every single word. It's like, you know, he's writing a Sefer Torah. He said, look, you know, the, the Rambam himself crossed out this word and added in something else. I mean, it's just, and you stand there and you're just like, you mean the Rambam's hand, like, touched this piece of paper? I know it's like, like with sports. Like, you mean like, you mean like, I don't know. I mean, like, this is like the game-used jersey on my baseball card. You guys remember when those baseball cards came out? And they put, like, game... That's when cards stopped, I guess. That's when they jumped the shark. And I was like, that's, that's an amazing... That's an amazing, amazing thing. So let's turn to page three and talk a little bit about the Mala Samagid. What did other people say about the Magid of Kajnitz? What was the, what was the reputation of the Magid in the eyes of other people? So the first comes from the Motsi Laor of Avotis Yisrael Tfus Rishon. So this is one of the, one of the nephews of the of the Kajnitzer Magid, and he says, Shamati mi Admar Chotani, I heard from my, uh, from my father-in-law, Harav HaKadosh Mimog Lanitza. He said, so he heard from the Saraf, Shamar B'Shem Morov Rabu HaKadosh Hatzag Mimezhbush. He heard from the Baloi of Yisrael of Apt. Praise be to Hashem. 
praise be to this day, that uh, this day of salvation, no revayom, great and terrible, that the Torah of the Magid is being printed. What an amazing thing that the Magid has, the Magid's Torah is coming to the world. It illuminates the eyes. So this is the words from the Tzadikim that they, that they couldn't stop singing the praise of the Magid. It's almost like the more you talk about the Magid's greatness, the more you're missing the point of it. The next is that the, the, uh, the Oiv Yisrael himself again you heard from the Aptor of the of Yisrael. After he heard the Magid Mikoshnitz teach Pirkei Avos, Amar, Lo Esalavet I'm not going home. I'm not going home. Mutaf Lilios Talmud Povelmad Yerushamayim. I should stay here and I should learn. It's the Oiv Yisrael talking about learning Yerushamayim. Can you imagine? The Oiv Yisrael's Yerushamayim is probably something we can't fathom. And he says, I have to go and learn from the Magid. I have to go there. Esser, so that comes from Esser Oros Osvab Mareches Rabbeinu. Esser Oros also contains many stories of the of the tzaddik of Kamarna and Zidichov as well. Uh, I'll just read one thing from the Sefer Zikaron of Koznitz in the translation. Listen to this: The Rebbe's in parallel. Eldest daughter of the Kajnitzer Magid was well known in Poland. She was married to the pious and eminent Rabbi Avyezer Zelik Shapiro, the Rav of Grayech, who is quoted by the Magad of Kajnitz in his book Beis Yisrael. Beis Yisrael is the Magad of Kajnitz on Shas. So he says, in which the Magad describes him as my son in law, our teacher Avyezer Zelik, head of the rabbinical court of the Holy Congregation of Grayech. The Magad's son of Moshe Yakim likewise quotes him in his book Dat Moshe, in which he writes, These are the words of my brother in law, my teacher Avyezer, Avyezer Zelik Shapiro, may his light shine on. It is Perla, however, and not her husband who has been commemorated in Hasidic history. She was famed for her learning and behaved like a man, davening in a talis, a garta wound around her dress and fasting every Monday and Thursday. The Magid held her in great esteem and he used to send Hasidim with her, to her with kvitlach so that she could pray for them. Hasidim referred to her as they would at tzaddik and used to come to her with pidyonis asking her to pray for them. She had many children but they died young. Only one survived, Chaimei Yechiel, known in the Hasidic world as the Saraf of Moglanitza. Hasidim would say that her son the Saraf was brought up by his grandfather the Magid who once said to Perla, you know, Perla, that your son will be greater and better than I. Ah, so she says, if you were only like you, that's all I ask. He responds, no, I tell you that he will be greater and better than I, reiterated the Magid. What Sefer uh, is this from? This is from, this is on the bottom, this is from Menashe Unger in Sefer Zikaron for Kalkadosh Kajnitz. I, uh, usually when there's like an explosive source or a surprising source like this, uh, you know, female Hasidic Rebbe, yeah. daughter of the Kajnitzer, it's something that we should see more often, but, uh, but it doesn't appear that much in history. So I'd like to have the book, you know, say, no, this is really, go to the videotape. I have no idea where you could... You could go to my friend. I, he'll, I guess he'll get angry that I said it, but you could go. He has the book. That's where his family comes from. Uh, a little bit more about the Malas HaMagid, because it's so... This is what we're here for, right? We'll learn a little Torah from the Magid, but, but this is to open up and to show us what we're learning, because all of you could go by and Avos Yisrael, and all of you could probably learn it better than I can explain it here. But Rav Zusha said that the angels themselves came to hear the Torah from the Magid. Of course, Rav Zusha was a contemporary of the Magid, was a friend of the Magid. He fell on his face and began to cry. 
Avi Adoni Meir Rabbi Hashir, and when the Maggid finished the Shir Shaluhu, Mazer Shebachal Kukachlemod, why were you crying so much? Veishiv Rava Kadosh, and Rizusha responded, Kibi Eisachal Rava Maggid Lomer Hashir. When the Maggid started to say his Shir, Baokol Famalya Shomala Lahakshiv Devarav Hakidoshim, the entire heavenly court and family came to hear his words. The angels came. How could it be that I see the angels, the celestial beings, the celestial court coming to hear the Torah, hearing the Shir with us? How could I not be? How could I not be broken apart from such a thing? And because we've been at this time, because we've been at a Shir like this, the only thing that we could do. It's not that like we learned a ton of Torah or now we have good pshat in like Perkei Avos. The only thing that we could do after hearing Torah like this is to do tshuva. Right? That's, right? It's like sometimes we hear like a good shear or whatever and we say, okay, you know, now we have like something to say over. We see a good safer. We have something to say over. The goal of all of this at the end of the day should be to improve ourselves. And, and when we, the way to improve ourselves, we hear such words that a Jew could say such things. That somebody can have such siyat the deshmaya with their Torah. So the response is, I have to do tshuva. I have to be more like them. I have to, I have to bring myself closer to these people. So that's what Rav Zosha says. L'zoz bachit even afalti apanai. I realize it's an eight, eight ratzon and I start to cry and I realized I have to do tshuva hearing that. Oh, a little bit more. So this comes from Moshe Ari Ephraim, the Galen of Vestin of Yerushalayim. So, Admor Hagon HaKadosh Mishinava. So, so, so the Shinava Rav was very important. I, I think Lower Galicia, almost like Romania, Revicheskel Shraga Halberstam. So he said, Kol Sifrei Talmidei Or Shiva Sayamim Rabbeinu Abal Shem Tov Zchusyagin Aleinu Heim Bechinus Kodesh. All the works of the Talmidim are the best. Yeah. So, Halberstam is in the above? Uh, no, not. Uh, I mean, I'm sure all these Tzadik Rey, Halberstam is also. Sons. Right, Sans. They all come from the Divrei Chaim. Right, so they all come from, uh, from, 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 from the great Tzadik, the, the Baal Divrei Chaim. Chaim Sanser. Who? Who is the brother? The Shinever? I think the is a son of Divrei Chaim. I don't know. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. I know that, right. I, the Tzans Kleisenberg, the Kleisenberg of the Shefachayim was also Halberstam. You can seal you, Rev. You can seal you the Halberstam. That's the name, important uh, rabbinic name. Shlomo Halberstam is the, the, the previous Babavar Rebbe. So, so he says all the Svarim of the Baal Shem Tov are Kodesh, but Sefer HaKodesh Avodis Yisrael is Kodesh HaKedashim. By the way, we find the same sort of a Lashon. We find the same sort of a Lashon when it comes to Cook's words, right? Anybody that's been to a Hezder Yeshiva, we hit the air conditioning, is that possible? Is that possible? So, so when we... Uh, it's, it's just a shtick humid outside, that's all. It's, uh, I, like, I, I walked my daughter, I walked my daughter to, uh, to, to daycare today, to like, preschool, and it was like 90... Like, it's like, it's 10 blocks, Sacha Kol. By the time I got there, I was just like, just... I gave her the tea, I was like, just take her, I can't, like, I'm just gonna go pass out. I was sweating, like, you know, walking in the city, it just seems like to be like this one big sauna. So I sent a screenshot of the weather to my wife, I said, you see what I do? See what I do? I walk to, I walk in 96% humidity, it's just out of control today. So it's a little bit better here. So, so they say about Rav Cook, just, uh, just as an aside, so they say that, that all of, uh, they say that uh, Oroza Kodesh, Rosa Kodesh of Cook's metaphysical thought is uh, as gathered and arranged by his Talmud the Nazir, Harava Nazir. So that's Oros Hakodesh is Kodesh, but Oros Kodesh Hakedashim. So that's that's a, an Oros is a much smaller sefer. It's not four volumes like the uh, like uh, like Oros Hakodesh. So all the svarim of of the Talmud of the Baal Shem Tov are Kodesh Avodis Yisrael is Kodesh Kedashim. Ah, 
And uh, the Kleisenberger Rebbe, I, I have to, I have, we have to say this, I have to say this, hopefully we're okay on time. I, I don't intend, chas v'shalom, to hold anybody a second longer, you guys work really hard. Uh, he says, Yeshlem Tzfarim, when the Kleisenberger was giving his messages for how to, how to run their mostos, how, how to run their mostos, chinoch, Yeshlem Tzfarim, Shemarak Labali Madregos, Gevoim, Shlonitn Lekol. There's certain Tzfarim that are for, for people of lofty stature, people that have, have reached a certain level of purification to internalize what the Sefer says, not just their for you to, to, to read and come out with a nice support, but it's part, it has to be infused in your being, and if your being is not purified, so how could you take those pure words to heart? But there's svarim that are written for all the Jewish people. To bring them closer to the service of God. No, no, no. There's Orla, Orla Shamayim. We said this today in Beagleizens. Yeah, that's what he was learning in Beagleizens. I, I forgot the author of the Ora Meir and Avodis Yisrael, the Balavodis Yisrael of Pirkei Avos. Uh, so, so the Kajnitzer Sefer was seen by the Kleisenbergers. Chosia Gemelin was a Sefer for everybody. One of the last things we'll say, aside from his connections, also from the Sefer Zikar and Kalkadosh Kaznitz, hold on to your hats over here. I didn't. I don't know if I was if it was right to put this in, but uh, it's here, and here we are. Zhitimir, Zevwolf of Zhitimir. Zevwolf of Zhitimir. Or Amir. So he says, aside from his connections with the aforementioned Jewish magnates, the Magid also had his influence among the leading figures of the Polish nobility. The well-known Chartowski family was numbered amongst his followers. The head of the family, Adam Kazimierz Chartowski, was a candidate for kingship after the death of King August in 1763, although the position finally ran to his rival, Stanislav Poniatowski. After his first... <laughs> after the first partition of Poland, he was appointed marshal of the Polish army. He fought vigorously for Polish freedom and was an opponent of Russia, which was interfering in the internal affairs of Poland. Hasidic legend elaborated on the cordial relations obtaining between the Magid and the Chartoskis. The Magid referred to Adam Chartoski as my Adam. Before the birth of his son, Chartoski went to the Magid and asked him to pray for the birth of a male child. The Magid said, Master of the universe, you've got plenty of Goyim. One more won't hurt. Okay, so that's... Uh, not the most tolerant uh, thing for us to say, but the Magid certainly could say it. And especially with their relationship with the Polish nobility at the time, they're not like uh, the people, uh, hopefully, that the Chassidei Omos Olam, that the Umas Olam should be mistaken with us, with Chassid and Rachamim, and that we should be mistaken with them like that. But in those days, it was, uh, you were one step between good relations and a pogrom and uh, a Cossack. So, 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 bar, well, Cossacks are much earlier, but, but, but Baruch Hashem. So we had Sadiqim like this, that even the Umas Olam recognized their greatness and recognized that they were Balmovsim and, and went to them and recognized that they indeed had a connection with God. Okay, so that is a little bit on the background and the Mal of the Magid. So let's learn a little bit of the Torah of the Magid. Most of the Torah that I've, co- that I've collected has come from the from Avodas Yisrael, there's a, a, a separate sefer uh, that I got my hands on today called Yalkut Avodas Yisrael, which collects from the Magid's other svarim, more difficult svarim, uh, and 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 his and his mesudar is arranged on the Torah. So most of the suffering you do take comes from Avodas Yisrael, and this Avodas Yisrael Ashalim. So it includes in it uh, the uh, the Pirkei Avos stuff as well, and a couple of letters in the back, and also a tshuva to be matir and aguna that appears in the beginning. That apparently in its time when the Magid issued this tshuva to be matir and aguna, it erased the. Kind Kind of sorrow, people were, were not so 
we're not so thrilled with this. So the first Torah, uh, my brother Joey showed this to me, this comes from Avodis Yisrael and Bereshis. And what I want you guys to look for in the Torahs, then I don't know if we'll get through all of them. What I want you to look for over here is to see, to see the, 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 the almost effortless interspersal of the deepest Kabbalah and the most, the most clear and relevant and, and almost mundane kind of, of psychological, not mundane in, 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 in the level of insight, but mundane in, in what it deals with, of insight into a person's psyche, into the psyche of another Hashem, and, 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 how, and how to parse these things. And, and this, is, this is the Maggit's genius, this almost seamless knot between those things. Lavi, what's up? Did he write this himself? Maggit wrote this. Maggit wrote this. Yeah. yeah. From his own hand. I love that that's a question we're asking now because it's a, that's, that's what I said, right? It's a, when, it, when the tzaddik himself writes it, it's a different, it's a different story. It's a different, a different experience, qualitatively different experience learning the Torah. God gave a sign to Cain after the murder of his brother Hevel. So one man Dummer says that the sign of Shabbos was locked in front of him. We'll see in a moment what that means. Shabbos was locked in front of him. He had a horn in his head. He was given man's best friend. He was given a dog. So three things. What are we talking about over here in this Medjish? God said to Kayin, your punishment will be that you shall wander all throughout the land. Agav, a little bit of a tish above Torah. What's another people that were told to be nav and ba'aretz in so many words? Us. Why, what's the reason that we're nav and ba'aretz? What's the reason that we're still waiting for a third day Samikdash? It's because in a sense, Isha Sachivaragu, that that there's that there's sinaschinim, that there's killing of brethren, that there's that there's that there's that there's interfamilial violence, that there's that that, that we can't that we can't love the brother. We can't love those of our own family. And uh, and, and we're also have been not doomed but but fated to travel and to wander throughout the generations. So What's the curse over here? Why is God cursing? Why is God cursing Cain with this? You shall wander in the land. Person has the ability to say, This is where I'm gonna go ahead and rest. This is where I rest my weary head and this is where I want to establish my Makumagurum, this is where I want to establish myself. Must be that the curse that was given to Cain was a kind of psychological barrier, a constant fear, a constant anxiety, a constant pachad. This place isn't good. The next place isn't good. I constantly have to wander. No place is good. We're a little bit different. Places are good. We just want to go ahead and live our lives as Jews until we get kicked out, until we get wiped out, right? Until we find the final resting place in Yerz Hashem, in Eretz Yisrael. But, but, but over here, but over here, he says, there was a barrier in him, within him. Ruach Uim, a sort of a wandering, a ve- uh, 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 like a vagabond spirit. A kind of craziness within him. He always had to be in motion. He was always moving. He was a rolling stone. This curse illustrates that there was an even bigger curse behind it. The bigger curse behind it was all of us. Many people can deal with anxieties 
can struggle with our anxieties. Sometimes we conquer, sometimes we don't conquer. Sometimes, but we live with it. We live with a fear. Many of us have many kinds of fears, right? Many of us have many kinds of things that weigh upon our head that don't give us manoach, that don't give us rest. So what does it mean to say that a person is so, is so fear-stricken, is so filled with pachat that they can't rest? It means that that person's connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is forever severed. It's like an eternal karis. If a person cannot find the connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it must be that they'll never be able to rest. That they'll never be able to find the place. Meaning so what the Kajlitz does over here is that he digs deep, deep, deep within what the, what the Medrash is saying and deep within our psyche to show what the Medrash might mean for us. Agav, now you can understand what it means to be Noel Lo Shabbos Lefanov. What does it mean now to mean that he, he locks the sign of Shabbos in front of him? What Shabbos? Menucha, right? If we can't find the place... Exactly, right? If we can't find the place physically, if we can't find the place geographically to rest ourselves for a wandering people, God has given us the grace of time, of sanctified time in which we can rest ourselves. That's Nalo Shabbos for fun of is that, and, and the Os Shabbos signifies that no matter what's happening during the week, and no matter what's happening, we could be near off by, by our sonim, by those that hate us, we could have all kinds of pachadim on top of us. Oh, when, when, we, when, we, when we come, Shabbos is the ability to say regardless regardless of how much work I have, regardless of what tests I have coming up, regardless of all the, the things that might be creeping up in the back of my mind to prevent me from having Shalva Noach, I light Sh- Shabbos candles are lit, that stuff is finished. That's the gift of Shabbos. It's, it's a place of rest, place of refuge. Cain was unable to tap into this. Cain was, Cain was, was now constitutionally incapable of achieving Shabbos and what Shabbos meant. Hi. Does he just... Is he going to use the other two uh, possibilities within the Midrash, or is he just like being intellectually Yeah, yeah. he says he says right here, he continues. So he says, I don't think he mentions the dog thing again. Right, he, his, he was never, HaKadosh Baruch said, and these were people that, you know, they're connected to Adam Arish, Yitzir Kapov. They're one step away from being Yitzir Kapov of HaKadosh Baruch and his connection with HaKadosh Baruch was severed. It's almost like the first person to experience Hester Panim, right? Right? It's almost like the first person to experience a karis, right? You never been be connected with the Kajj Baruch Hu. There's no more Dveikos. Until he had to, the only answer was to wander. That's what it means that Shabbos, the sign of Shabbos was locked before him. But he himself, meaning, that Shabbos was, was locked from him during the week. He himself was even able to tap into the refuge of Shabbos. That even for a Kayin, even for a Kayin, the Dinim and, and the harshness of God's judgment sometimes, so they're suppressed. They're suppressed and, and not completely overturned. You go back the week and uh, you're Navinad once again, but, but, uh, but at least on Shabbos he was able to tap into that. But the oath of Shabbos for the week and for his life was gone. And the fires of Gehenna, the fires of Gehenna, they, they go ahead and they, and they rest on that day. Can I say one quick anecdotal thing? When I learned in uh, Yeshiva's Beis Yosef in Sfat, I just saw, um, sorry, by Olshin's son learns in, uh, he went, he did a gius, he learns uh, by Raveyal Yakubavich, the Yeshiva's Beis Yosef Tzvat. So the minog in the Yeshiva's Beis Yosef Tzvat is that we go out to the Beis Kfaros in, uh, on Erev Shabbos, and they would like welcome all the souls coming coming to, to experience Shabbos. Those that were in Gehenna, the fires are down. Those are in Shamayim, they want to come experience Shabbos here. So they would do Kabbalah Shabbos right by the base Kfaros and they would welcome in the souls. Uh, and, and everybody knows the kind of 
the, the personalities and the people buried there, the Arizal, the Ramak, the Shalakovets, you know, the Babis Yosef, right? That, that cemetery is filled with Lalavar Rebbe's are buried there. That cemetery is filled with massive tzaddikim. So that's, uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's what happens when the Chochayv of the Gehenna Naichin, the fires in Gehenna become a little bit uh, calmed down. Okay. Uh, does not look like we'll be able to finish so many more. Maybe, maybe two more. Uh, and, and with that, maybe let's. Uh, Maybe let's. Um, all right, we'll continue. I don't know. I, I can't pick. A, I, I can't pick one. So we'll just go Keseder and we'll we'll stop at the the, the appointed time. So we'll go. The next one comes from Avodis Yisrael Parsha Shlach Diromas Umeata Umeata Nevayer Sharap Sukim Shekosav Reishis Ariso Sechem Chala Tarimu Teruma. Talking about mitzvahs atluyas pa'aretz, the first things reishis ariso sechem, first fruits of your baskets and your chala tarimu that come from your baskets of grain. You should give us chala to the kohanim tarimu truma, and you should give truma some ice. You should tithe. You should tithe your your produce that which you cause to grow. Perish. A person shouldn't say immediately we go to psychological depths. Right? Immediately he goes high and he goes low. He goes high and he goes low and he speaks directly to us. Perish. Person shouldn't say to themselves, Look, I'm young. Can I live while I'm young? Right? He says, and there's time to do anything. All the brokenness that I have in my youth. Right? That, this time to have fun. I want to experience the world. I'm not a complete person yet. You know, I'm not. I haven't. I haven't married yet. I haven't. I haven't found my. I haven't found my place in the world. I'm young, right? So let me live. Let me live. I'll, I'll do. I'll struggle now. Struggle now. You know, I'll be part of the grand struggle that everybody has back and forth. Rats of the shov and their avoda. But I won't really push myself to it because I know later on, right? There'll be a time where I'll kshaskin. When I get older, I'll go ahead and I'll truly serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Many people have this kind of psychology of deferred service, deferred, deferred is spotless to Hakadosh Baruch Hu in His Torah. So he says no. He says aval ata ksiv smach b'chur secha. But now they say themselves from Shlomo Melch. Be happy in your youth. My sabi used to, my sabi used to say this all the time. When he was very old, he would look at us and he would say, you had, you've, the, the, Like the, the line, the line goes, uh, that, that, that youth is wasted on the young. The youth is wasted on the young. The ability and the energy to do things to change the world is sometimes wasted. Obviously here we're in a different situation because you guys, you don't need my, you don't need my Hanifa. But you all know, you all know that this isn't true for certain people. This isn't true for yourselves. This isn't true for, for many individuals who go ahead and take their youth and take the energy and, and the strength that they have in their youth and they turn them and channel that to such amazing things, the power of youth. But many people say, enjoy your youth, have fun. And the truma tied your initial offerings to God. So that's that it says, no. The beginnings give The main avoda for Hakadosh Baruch Hu is during the struggle. The main avoda for Hakadosh Baruch Hu is when the yetsir is bechol tokfa, when the yetsir is as strong as possible, when we have all of our strength. Not when we're old and tired, right? This is like the Rambam says in Hilchus Tshuva. I guess Elul is already. It's right around the corner. Crazy thing, right? But, the, but this is the Rambam tells us. He says, tshuva. What's tshuva? So he says, Osa makom, right? The same place, the same desire, the same opportunity to sin and to go ahead and to turn away and to be surmira at that point and then to be asetov, right? So if I sin in my youth, 
It's a scary thought because this means that a tshuva shleima is a really possible thing. It's a scary thought. If I'm in my youth and I say to myself, look, when I get older, when I'm a little bit more settled, when I have the ability, you know, when it's not, there's not so much fun to be had, so I'm, then I'm going to go ahead and then I'm going to, then I'll, then I'll be an erlichiyid. Right? So he says, the ikra tshuva is at this point. The ikra tshuva comes now. And, and, and if, you don't, if you don't go ahead and do this, the Basayin has a Torah on this in Parshas Ekev as well, very astounding. Rav Tzadik has the same thing, he quotes Rav Yevi, also about the same idea, this idea is Nafutz, right? It appears also uh, in Rav Avram Achiagro, uh, Rav, Rav Avram Achiagro says in Torah, right? So we see this idea that the time to do tshuva and the time to go ahead and to serve God is not only get older when we're settled, but is when we're unsettled. Right, almost connected to the first Torah when we're not and not. That's the time when we go ahead and we serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Be Makadish, sanctify your initial offerings to God. From the beginnings, Ayin Sham. We can explain according to our way So if you came for one thing You came for this He says Even though, he, even though the Kajnitzer went ahead And he pushed the scale so much On, on being misgaber And going ahead and pushing oneself And, and against all odds Settling oneself in Avodah Hashem He says but on the other hand, the Torah is also maziras. The Torah warns us. Gamkin Adam, a person doesn't say, look, if God really wants me to serve him at this stage of my life, the only way that that could happen is to go ahead and to lock myself in some cloys and to never go out into the world and to never contend with what the world has to present to us and its challenges and opportunities, to never do that. And I won't have anything to do with all of us. Even that which I need. And if I go ahead and I do that, then I'll be able to, to truly fulfill the, the words of the first half. So he says, don't say that. You're not allowed to do that. I don't know who my is over here. Oh, sorry, here we go. <laughs> when you go ahead and you and you and you harvest the field, you don't go ahead all the way and be mashrish. Right? You don't uproot the roots. You leave the roots. You leave the bottom part. Point is to say they have to balance these things. What does that mean? When it comes to serving Hashem at this stage, so you gotta cut out a lot. But not everything. Make sure you leave your make sure you leave yourself in there. Don't cut yourself off from all of us. Be involved. Serve Hashem in that way. So that means inevitably there's gonna be failures, inevitably there's gonna be pneos to other things. But at the end of the day, this is the balance that Kaddish Baruch Hu wants. Right? The Kaddish is telling us about balancing these things. Right? You expect in the beginning such a harsh, almost impossible avoda, and it's tempered by the second half with a perish from his, from his chaver and his rebbe, from the Melch Milizhensk, to tell us, no, but Kutzcham is Tziratzcham, when you harvest, though, don't, don't uproot everything. Don't destroy yourself with sikufin. Don't destroy yourself with all kinds of, of fasting and self-afflictions and mortifications. More than you should. Everything should be done in a way that allows us to understand Hashem. Maybe we'll do one last thing and uh, I apologize for slightly going over time. Uh, if you look in this box over here, so this comes to the Hakdama to Avodah Yisrael. 
talk about the friendship of, of the Kashnitzer and the Berdichever, right? The Relevi Yitzchak Mi Berdichev, Kedush Slevi. So this is from the Hakdadosh. There's, there's these people called Machon uh, Peher Mikdoshim, and they're putting out these, it's almost like a, a yeish at this point, because like I have, I have like a dish, I have this edition of, uh, of Avodos Yisrael. It's got footnotes in some places. It has like a Hakdama a little bit. I have like a Nomel Melech that I bought in my Shanalef. And all of a sudden now you see like Nomel Melech is like three volumes. Avodos Yisrael is four volumes. Like Tfer Shlomo is another. And it's crazy with footnotes and Hakdamas. And, and you're like, oh gosh, do I have to like go buy these now? Like, like I've, I've put so much into this and you feel like it's never enough. So I very much dislike uh, very, this is my own little protest. I dislike all these editions uh, coming up. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, some, somebody just showed me today in Beagle Eyes. And like, Tferis, I, sh- I showed you last week the Tfer Shlomo, the Radomsker, two volumes. I, I thought I was getting a good edition. It's Oz Vahadar, right? It's, it's, it's typeset. It's black letters. It's nice. No footnotes. No, no. And then you look at this version that they put out. And it's just like, it's like, uh, it's like shock and awe. It's like Hakdama after Hakdama, background, footnotes, indexes. Like, okay. I give up, okay, I give up. So listen to this, and we'll finish with this. And I apologize for going slightly over time. Um, bear with me. Me'idach. When the angels, when the angels got jealous of the Kedusha Slevi, the defender of Israel, holy and pure and elevated and lofty, there was a great accusation that was tossed against the Kedusha Slevi, and they begged of Hashem to test him. And if you've read Sefer Eov, that never really goes too well. It's a very difficult thing. Nobody wants that. And maybe only like a David HaMelech can say, Bachanuni, no, right? test me. Right? Nishlach, and, and that, that didn't really work out either. Nishlach hasatan asamech mem vinatlis kol majigosav analis v'kocham mufla bavodaso. So Kedusha Slevi went into a situation of immense katnas, immense uh, smallness in his avoda. And, and, his, and, and everything that he had was taken away from him. And he was emptied out. Oaz kam erav akadosh, revi levi yitzchak, so the bridditch v'kadav v'nasal yilididu v'reyo so he went to the place that he knew to go. He went to the Kajnitzer. So that the Kajnitzer would be his Rebbe. The Kajnitzer would be, forget a Rebbe. Kajnitzer would be a friend. We talked about this last week. It could be a friend. The friend is, 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 is the first line of defense. It's your first Rebbe. Because he went to a good friend. So the Kajnitzer gave him a room to daven and to learn in. Right, almost like a spiritual hospital. So Levi Yitzchak would daven and he would serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu over there without all the levels, without the, the lofty achievements of the Hashem that he had gathered for himself and that he was used to. Right, even with Levi Yitzchak, even a Berdichev dealt with this. He would just try and even understand the parish of the words. Ad l'shabes achas one Shabbos ba nigash Rabbeinu l'fnei Amad at Tfila. So Rabbeinu the Kajnitzer got up before the Amad with Tfila Shachris Zok. Yismach Rabbi Levi Yitzchak b'mat neschalka. Rabbi Yitzchak, like most Rabbeinu, should be happy with his portion. Yismach Moshe b'mat neschalka. Right, you had to not have the Dveka song in your heart. Yismach Moshe. Oh, it's a journey song. Yismach Moshe Menat Neschalko. So praise, be pra- right? Rev Levi Yitzchak the Bredichever should be happy and joyous in the in the chilek that he has, in the chilek he's given. 
At the state of brokenness, at the state of shiftless, at the state of feeling that everything has been taken, that, he's, that everything's been voided from him. He felt everything, it's all coming back to me now. So the said, I, I've gotten what I needed and I could return to my home, I could return to Bredichev. He said, not so quick. Stay with me for a Pesach. So this is the Magad of Kajnitz. I'm going to end over here. If anybody wants, we can continue. We can learn some of the other ones. I'll end over here. Just finish off by saying uh, really a word of thanks to, to everybody that's been, uh, that's been uh, coming. Uh, uh, really, uh, it's been an amazing thing to... Uh, to, to to have this as a project and to learn about these tzaddikim, it's really elevated my summer to be able to speak it over with people and to just do the very little, the very bare minimum that's required of us to be mesaper b'shivchan shel tzaddikim. And as we mentioned the first year, so we say that shkula shkula misas tzaddikim kisreifas beismik tashenu. The the death of tzaddikim is tantamount say chazal to to the burning of the beis hamikdash. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. And talking a little bit about their Torah, and hopefully, uh, hopefully serving as an impetus for people to go and check out their Torah themselves and to learn it themselves. In the interest of that, hopefully, we'll be able to see Binyan Bayes Shlishi Ashalim with the Ula Sida and the Gula Achrona, and we'll all be able to meet and learn directly from these Sadiqim ourselves.